When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, hello everyone, and welcome back to uh, season two of the Burden of Command podcast. We're starting out of the gates uh, real strong here with the first interview of the season. Uh, before we dive into that, I want to I want to share a little bit of information with those who may not be aware, because you're going to hear a term coming up here, uh, Valhalla, and uh, that's a, that's an old Norse mythology term uh, for Essentially, it's Odin's battle hall. Uh, when the Vikings would go into battle, if they they died a, a worthy death or they fought valiantly, kept their honor, uh, they were taken up by the Valkyrie and brought to Valhalla. There, they spent the rest of the eternity with their brothers and sisters that died in combat until Ragnarok came, which was kind of the Norse version of Armageddon, if you will. And there, everybody was reunited uh, in battle once again. And that's some iconography that has become really important to uh, uh, to the military folks because of the just that idea of our brothers and sisters and being able to see them again uh, in the future. Uh, and, and the reason I bring that up is today's guest is Corey Schaffer of the Till Valhalla Project. Uh, Corey, thanks for joining us today. Hey, anytime, Earl. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, well, so uh, we'll get into uh, the Till Valhalla project here in a little bit there, brother, but uh, yeah, I got to start where I start everybody, and that's with asking one simple question. When you hear the term burden of command, what does that mean to you? So burden of command is is pretty similar to, you know, burden of leadership and, and just being just being in charge and being a leader and the decisions that come with being a leader. So um, the decisions you make might not be uh, the best or people might not agree with it, but uh, it's, that's like the, the problems that you run into with being a leader is that you have, you have to be the, the one that makes the calls, but everyone might not be on the same page as you. So, that's the first thing I think of is just when you come with burden of leadership or burden of command, it's just uh, trying to be that leader that creates a cohesiveness uh, across the team to get the job done. Not, not like that. And, and so and you know, for everybody listening, Corey's background, he's former active duty United States Marine. He joined the Marines right, uh, right after high school. And, uh, you know, he, he was an infantryman assigned to second battalion, seventh Marines or two, seven, and uh, he spent some time over in Afghanistan in the Helmand province, 
a lot of a lot of fun times over there I'm I'm sure uh, but after getting out and coming home uh, you know Corey got hit by some of the stuff that a lot of us veterans have been hit by now it, I, I was uh, pre global war on terror I got out in 2001 I uh, would have a lot of friends that were still in and and you know even being kind of pre-war, uh, still have a lot of friends that succumb to that 22-a-day statistic of uh, veterans committing suicide. And, and I think one important piece of that statistic is it's not just modern veterans. It's, it's veterans going all the way back to the Vietnam War that are still succumbing to those kind of delayed battlefield trauma. And uh, you kind of started the Till Valhalla Project uh, as a way to pay some respect to those folks, right? Absolutely. So my unpopular opinion is that uh, the 22 a day or the veterans uh, who take their lives every day is not a result of war. I don't believe that it's it's I don't believe it's only the people who have gone overseas and seen combat. I I strictly believe that the reason why a veteran would take their his or own life is um, is a lack of value. And Mm. That comes from being held to such high standards and kind of having like a, you know, having such a, a, a pinnacle point in your life where the rest of your life kind of seems anticlimactic. So, at, you know, at, at 20 years old overseas, exchanging fire with insurgents, you know, IEDs and, um, you know, there's so much stuff that happens when you deploy or even just being in a you know, even being in like an organization where, you know, camaraderie is or everything's revolved around uh, camaraderie. When you take that and, and then you, you go ahead and you get out and you sign your DD-214 and you, you know, you go on into the civilian world, it's sort of like the biggest demotion you'll ever have or that most people will think uh, that they'll ever have in their entire life. You know, you go from, uh, you go from, you know, of course, being held to the highest standards, fitness level, um, of course, you know, deployment, the camaraderie you won't see, you won't see in the civilian world, being in charge of, you know, millions of dollars worth of equipment, being in charge of people's lives. There's so much that happens when you join the military and then you go out into the civilian world and you get, you know, it, you and the person flipping burger patties have no you know, you guys are both qualified the same. And I think that that truly eats at a lot of our veterans is that they think that they'll never be as good as they were in the military, which is just dead wrong. Well, no, and that's a valuable point of view. I mean, because, you know, as you were saying that, it was, uh, you know, it's one of the things we talk about from time to time in the training that we do here at the Leadership Phalanx is uh, we we talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and, and, Third from the bottom on that is that uh, belongingness, and yeah, yeah, and, and that's what you just said is you know you and, and I 100 percent agree. And for those who haven't served, you know, and law enforcement feels the same thing. Fire uh, fire departments feel this. Any first responder where you kind of have this this calling to serve and protect and put yourself in harm's way, you, you kind of have to have that cohesion as you mentioned earlier. Uh, yeah, no, that's a, that's a very good point yeah. of view. Is I, I don't know why that's so controversial because that that is a good thing. You get that belongingness that you're you're. I mean, 
I don't know about you, but like a lot of the people I served with, and again, I served in peacetime, so we didn't have that kind of uh, crucible of combat to forge us together. But yeah, I mean, I love a lot of those folks more than I do my own blood family. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing is like you know we all have the need to feel significant, like just psychologically it's, we want to be a significant person and in the military, that's where a lot of people will gain their significance. You know, they are the ones who are the 1%. They are the ones who are fighting our nation's battles. They are the ones who are sacrificing. So others may live like, and that's a huge part of who they are. It becomes almost all they are. And then, like I said, when they get out and they lose that, um, you know, they lose that significance and then the rest of their life, like I said, it seems anticlimactic. It's, it's detrimental to the psyche because like I said, it's like the biggest demotion you'll receive in your entire life is, you know, hitting all those peaks, hitting all that adrenaline, hitting all that self-worth. And then you get out and Burger King, McDonald's, or you got to go back to school where you're sitting in class with a bunch of, you know, young kids or whatever. It's, it's just, if you're not truly prepared for it, it will, it will send you spiraling. And I think that's what's happening because let me tell you something. I mean, we came back from Afghanistan and there was parts, there were, um, our battalion was broken up, uh, across different AOs. And there were some AOs that didn't see any combat. Um, and a lot of those guys, when they came back, they ended up taking their lives. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. And then, in my line of work, which is making plaques for the families of fallen heroes, you have, you get to hear the stories and you get to see, you know, the families who are, who are um, submitting these plaques and stuff. And you get to hear, you know, where they served, you know, what unit they were in and all this other stuff. And you can start to put a lot of stuff together with that information. And what I've come across just over experience is just like every time somebody takes their own life. It's always, you know, Hey, they struggled with PTSD and stuff like that. But then you look at their, you know, you look at their, their history and they've never deployed or something like that. So what I'm trying to do is separate. I want to separate the fact that everybody calling veteran suicide PTSD related is just, it's just nonsense. And now I know combat's not the only way you get PTSD, but at the same time, um, it, it's, I, I think getting out of the service is more of the PTSD than most, the most of anything. Cause in, in order to pull the trigger on yourself from PTSD, you have to have nightmares that are, you know, eating you alive every night. And, you know, it's, it's crazy to see the amount of suicides we have and amount and the amount of them that are getting chalked up to PTSD or PTS or whatever they want to call it nowadays. So it's kind of been the unpopular opinion to say like, hey, it's not PTSD. And then people say, well, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, it's their value. Yeah. And yeah, it's just difficult. And like I said, I've seen a lot of it and I've been personal friends who never deployed. And I said a lot of them um, who, who took their own lives. It's like, you know, I know them and I was side by side with them for a long time. And I think the demons that they were struggling with wasn't war demons. It was just value. Well, yeah, I mean, because to, to be able, as you kind of alluded to there, to be able to pull that trigger, you have made a determination or whatever their method is. You've made a determination that you're more valuable not being here than you are still being here. 
Right. And it's just, it's this catch 22 because you don't want to go back in because being in the military to some people is, <laughs> you know, uh, full of games and all this other stuff. But at the same time, you'll never feel or people think that they'll never feel um, as important or significant as they were then. And that's detrimental to somebody who starts at a young age. You know, if you join at 18, you get out at 22 and you think the best of your life is behind you. How the hell do you live the rest of your life? Yeah, no, uh, I mean, it's a, and, and, you know, a good illustration of that is, uh, you know, I don't know if, if, if in your line of work, if you've ever read on, uh, if you've ever read anything on the, on the Hanoi Hilton prisoners in, in Vietnam. Uh, but, no, I haven't. Yeah, well, so they, they actually, they kind of talk about what you're talking about right here, right now, because, um, you know, they talk about the general population is where they clump everybody in, in the Vietnamese uh, theater. Uh, you know, that, that PTSD rate that they call it now is upwards of 40 percent. Uh, but when they look at the prisoners uh, that were in the Hanoi Hilton getting tortured, getting beat, getting all that stuff, like it's down at like three or four percent. And the reason yeah. they believe that is is exactly what you just said. Uh, uh, Admiral Stockdale refused to let anybody who was a prisoner at the at the Hanoi Hilton feel like they didn't belong, like they didn't have value, like they didn't have something to contribute. And he went out of his way to make sure that they did. And when you look at those folks, they went on, you know, uh, Senator John McCain. Uh, we have Fortune 500 CEOs. That segment of the Vietnamite, uh, Vietnam War uh, veteran population has been some of the most successful veterans we've had up until recent times. And uh, so, no, I think you're hitting on all cylinders there, man. I really do. That's that's the biggest change, though. And that's the biggest change through the generations is, you know, I think in my generation, it's become very unpopular to, um, I think it's become very unpopular to be affected by war or anything like that. So, uh, in my generation being, you know, 2012, well, 2011, 2011 and up, you know, since combat is not nearly as prevalent as it was in the 2000s, 2005, you know, four, you got Fallujah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when we came back from Afghanistan, even though, you know, within being in the, within being in the country in a few days, you know, you're toting around people with no legs and stuff like that. It's like, it, it, it will, it will start growing on you after time. But when you get back, it's like, you know, you get higher ups or you get chain of command and say, hey, you know, you better not complain about it. Because when I was in, you know, this happened and this happened, and this happened. Mm. And and you actually and I think it's disgusting. I truly do. I think it's gross that that people would persuade others from getting help because what they went through was worse. And the irony of it is, is the people who tell you, you know, not to complain about your experience or um, your your stress that comes from it are the ones I end up making plaques for. It's 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 truly a bad game, and it really is. It's it's a it's a plague. It when people call PTSD or call veteran suicide a plague, um, yeah, that's not a lie. Like it truly is a plague. It's a it's a growth. You come back. You get told not to seek help. You lose your significance, you get kicked out into the real world, and then you have what you perceive to be no value, 
and then you turn to drinking or you turn to smoking or you turn to doing whatever you're going to do. You turn to self-medicating and eventually you feel like, Hey, I can't reach out because if I reach out, I'm weak, but then, but then you're down into a, a spiral and you say, well, there's nothing left. The best of my life's behind me and I can't reach out. And then you see what happens. Well, and, and no, I mean, that's uh, the, the plague is, is a really is a really good illustration because it's got a lot of that same cascading effect. You know, you're sitting there and, and, and you, you yeah. hear about your, your buddy that that, you, you know, like that was one of the toughest sons of bitches ever met. And, and he couldn't keep from pulling the trigger. It, it, yeah, no, no, yeah. You're, you're making a lot of good points here that I really hope the listeners are, are, are taking in. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just come through sure. Like stepping back. Cause I, I struggled with it myself, man. Like I really did before TBP ever started. Um, you know, I don't like to talk about it much, but yeah, I was in my places where, you know, I'm surprised I'm still here. And at the end of the day, it just took me stepping back and just saying, why do I feel like this? I'm like, why do I feel worthless? I'm like, I did some really good things, you know, and I've done my job and it's like, I'm like, why do I feel like trash? I'm like, why do I feel like the, you know, not moving forward or dwelling on the past and living in the past? You know, I mean, if you notice almost every veteran, like when you get around veterans, it's all about the past, the past, the past, the past. It's, it's, it's always like, Oh yeah. When I was in, I did this, I did this. It's like, we're all living in the past and a lot of people can't just live in the past. They, you know, if they live in the past, they can't look forward. And it's just really, I don't know. It's just a really big turnaround. So it, it's came, it's come with experience in hearing the stories and knowing some of the people who have taken their own lives to really put it together that man, that's on like PTSD or, uh, you know, just PTSD really I'm not going to say it doesn't have anything to do with it, but I'd venture to say, you know, maybe 10% is, is PTSD. And literally, and literally, like trying to escape your nightmares and trying to escape the thoughts and the flashbacks that and, and taking your lives. I would say that's that's probably ten percent. The other ninety percent is just seriously lack of value. Well, yeah, and and again, uh, you know, that's the thing. I I, I kind of I use the term because that's kind of the the widely accepted. You know, PTSD is a lot like uh, autism, right? There's there's a whole spectrum. Uh, there's a whole, there's this whole line of succession and it's become this real blanket term for a lot of things. And so you're, you're hundred percent right. And, and living in the past, you know, I mean, and I'll use a example that a lot of listeners are probably familiar with just cause he's been in the spotlight for a bunch of reasons. But, you know, you hear, uh, if you ever listen to, to Dakota Meyer, uh, talk about his medal of honor, yeah. you know, he, he says, of course, with, out of doubt, I hate the sight of that Medal of Honor because it reminds me of the biggest failure in my life. And, uh, you know, it's, right. it's, and, and that's the mindset. You know, I mean, again, I was pre war, uh, but we all went in with that mindset knowing that this is what we were kind of committing to. And even knowing a little bit that these were some of the potential outcomes, uh, you know, based off of, well, let, let's just be honest that, that Vietnam War era but we all decided to take that risk anyway and uh you know it was uh yeah you're right the past every time you know (laughs) 
my wife always gets a chuckle every time I'm in the supermarket or something like that. And I see somebody, uh, you know, it don't care what branch it is. We always strike up a conversation and we always go back to telling old war stories, so to speak. And, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, no, it's nothing about recent. Right. But that's like, but that's the thing is like, that's why I try to push. Yeah. I'm proud of my service hundred percent. Um, but I don't dwell on it and I don't let it define me. Yeah. I'm like, no matter what happened or, you know, what we did or anything like that, I just don't let it define me. All I know is that I'm trying to, that I'm going to build something better for the future instead of focusing on the past. And that's my, that's, that's my message to vets is that the best of your life is still ahead of you. It's like, yeah, sure. What you did back in the, you know, when you were 18 and, or up to your 30 or 40 years old was super badass, but you still have more stuff you can do that will trump that 10 times. Like building a company and like providing for those people uh, who are struggling and, you know, donating and contributing and, and, and elevating others. I'm like that right there. It, it will, will 10 X your, or, you know, will just 10 X your service in general. Well, so yeah, that's it, what that's my goal. And this company helped me find my purpose. Well, no. And, and, and so I'm glad you kind of segued into that because, you know, now do you uh, do you employ 100 percent vets or are you predominantly veteran? Uh, no. OK. It's predominantly vets. So we try to keep our, our um, we try to keep it really close niche. Like so I have I got a good bit of veterans. So I'd probably say like 60% veterans. The other parts are army or not army, but, um, military spouses mm-hmm. and then, uh, gold star families. Mm. And then we got, um, and then we just got some Patriots. So basically yeah. we try, we try to go veterans first. So it's veterans first and then military spouses, gold star families, and then as many Patriots, um, to fill the rest of the spots. No, either way, we're super patriotic here. We absolutely (laughs) love it. Um, It's like being back in. I can't even lie. It really is like the without as much. um, Yeah, without without (laughs) without as many games, but it truly is to be able to walk in there and play around and use military terms or, um, you know, it's almost like I said, it's almost like you're never even in. You know, you tell someone to Roger up or, you know ask how copy or anything like that. It just gets across and it's just so it's almost like you never left. So that's why I like to hire more vets because one, I believe that that um, I believe that that environment will keep them sane because it's, it's like a little bit of military without, like I said, without all the bad stuff. Right. So it keeps them, it keeps them uh, humble. Well, no, and, and I love that. I really do. Like uh, like I said, in kind of the lead up, I, I love to support veteran organizations as much as possible for, for that very reason. Uh, you know, I mean, shit, if it's a veteran run company that's been out there, I probably bought something from it. I've got like two notch hats. I've got a bottle breacher. I got stuff from Nine Line Apparel and I got stuff from y'all. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, and, and for listeners, if you've not heard of Till Valhalla Project, uh, or as he he's, as he keeps referring to it shorthand TVP, uh, give them a shot. Uh, their, their stuff, in my opinion, is is right up there uh, with Nine Line Apparel, which is probably one of the most uh, prominently known veteran uh, companies out there. Quality wise, comfort feel, 
and this is not a paid endorsement by any stretch, uh, but but they're up there, man. Right. And uh, I like the design. Well, they're nice it. and simple. And, uh, you know, like we were talking in the lead up uh, is two. You know, there's that old saying, Marines never die. They just get older, fatter, and tell better stories. Well, I've got to right. the point where 4X is what I need, and you got it. So I love that. Uh, <laughs> but but your business is kind of – Yes. Go ahead. I was going to say, so like, so for those who don't know, like what Till Bahala Project is in a nutshell is we are a patriotic apparel company, but the mission is to commemorate our fallen heroes yeah. through memorial plaques. And then we hand deliver them to the families of fallen heroes across the United States. Yeah. So that's, that's number one mission will never change. Um, and the second, the secondary mission is, uh, is helping to reduce veteran suicide. So we kind of do it in a, in a cohesive effort to, of course, we want to commemorate the fallen, but we also want to prevent people from ending up on plaques in the first place. Yeah. So we deliver these plaques every week. We, we have uh, a huge team that's willing to hand deliver these plaques. And then every week we produce them, send them out to the team and the team surprises the families uh, of these fallen heroes with these memorial plaques. And the way we fund this entire mission is through apparel. Right. Yeah, you, you read my mind. That's exactly where I was going with that. And and uh, so, yeah. And, and so, <laughs> yeah, no, we're on the same wavelength. Buy the shirt, do something good. And, and you all, uh, you, you all don't just do the plaques, right? You donate a good portion of proceeds to, uh, uh, to, to some other causes like mission 22. I see you yeah. put a lot in. Yeah. So we, like I said, we have the, the plaques as primary mission. You know, we, we want to make sure that the, that the legacies of our fallen hero heroes will go on forever. So that's why we, we've come up with a new term, leg, um, legacy guardians. And that's kind of our new uh, VIP members section of TVP is you get deemed or you get awarded the, uh, the title legacy guardian. If you have uh, ever delivered a plaque, ever um, sponsored a memorial plaque, ever joined us on a delivery, ever volunteered, came in here and helped us build one. Uh, or if you spend a certain amount on our site, you, you get called a legacy guardian because we believe that you've had, you have had a substantial impact on these fallen heroes and preserving their legacy. Because every time we honor a hero, of course, we get the memorial plaque made, but there is an, uh, an evergreen, uh, never, never ending advertisement on Facebook and some other platforms that basically tell the stories of our fallen heroes and, it, like it, that will keep going on for as long as social media is a thing. And I don't think that's going anywhere. So that same advertisement will run for the next two, three, four, 500 years because we don't plan on ever turning it off. And then that's going to help us truly preserve that legacy. Even after we're gone, the plaque will still be here. We'll get passed down for generations. And then of course the, the advertisement will continue to go. Um, so that's, that's the main one. And then the, the, the attempt to reduce veteran suicide, we contribute to mission 22 and we donate 20% of our proceeds on top of the memorial plaques 
to Mission 22 to help reduce veteran suicide because we take the plaques and we do everything in-house. Every plaque is hand-touched and engraved and built by veterans and designed by veterans. We don't let anybody else touch those. Mm. Um, but we do that all in-house. We have our own laser engravers. We have everything. And then Mission 22, though, like we don't have the systems in place to be able to, to truly help uh, at that capacity for, for veteran suicide. So we donate straight to them so that they have they have this really awesome program that I really like. So every time TVP donates to Mission 22, we have an agreement with them that it will only go towards the uh, WIN program. And the WIN program basically provides uh, mental health treatment to veterans at a discrete level, which I think is insanely important. So if you're active duty or you're, you know, or you're a veteran, you can go get help. You can go get the help you need without it being, you know, relinquished to your command or, um, you know, you, you basically don't have to worry about being judged, which I think was a huge problem when we came back as well was, you know, I reached out and got help. You know, people were like, Hey, you know, don't reach out. It wasn't that bad. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm going to go ahead and go get the help I need to make sure I can function while a lot of other people didn't because they were scared of being judged by the, by the seniors or whoever. And, you know, unfortunately, like I said, some of those people aren't even here anymore. So that's, that's why I think that that win program is so important is so that people can get the help they need without feeling judged. Yeah. And, 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 and that part right there is, is the tragedy now. I'm going to see if I can find this story, uh, the write up and link it. Cause I haven't been able to tell if this was like lore or if this actually happened, but I was just reading the story I think somebody shared it on Rally Point, actually, uh, about an Army Command Sergeant Major who he had a standing uh, he had a standing meeting every Monday at noon uh, with with the psychologist, and uh, somebody asked him said, you know, what do you all talk about? He's like, we just kind of shoot the breeze. He said, you don't have any issues or whatever that you're talking about. He goes, well, we've talked about some. It's like, well, why do you keep going? And he said, because. When my men and women see me going to the psychologist as the command sergeant major, it tells them that it's okay. And I want them to be able to do the same thing. And we need more of that (laughs) type of leadership. That's important. That's huge. Because, yeah, it's, it's, you know, and and look, listeners, uh, this isn't a problem. You know, as veterans, we, we do focus on the 22 a day problem, but this isn't a problem limited to military personnel. There are plenty of civilians that have never yeah. seen anything that could qualify as quote PTSD that just have anxiety. Uh, they have stress. Uh, they, they have yeah. a lot of issues that have them going through a lot of the same types of battles that our brothers and sisters that, that uh, do become a statistic fight. And it's just as important for them yeah. to seek help too. So let's. I, that's what we got to do, man. We got to all work together to make it. Uh, it. It's it's better to go seek help than to try to just suck it up and move on. Yeah, absolutely. It's important for everybody. That's why you know TVP doesn't just honor military. We do law enforcement, first responders. Like you know, we make plaques for everybody because like it's all just a battle. And you know, TVP. Our Tilba Hollow Project has been synonymous with, you know, uh, 22 a day or ending veteran suicide. Like, 
that's not that's not originally how we started. It's just what we grew into because the whole company started after I lost one of my best friends to uh, suicide. And, um, and you know, out of struggle, I created a memorial plaque. And this is some of my darkest times and uh, obviously his too. And, you know, I had just started this little tiny, tiny company that was run out of my garage and I had the components to make a memorial plaque. So I made it for myself and, um, you know, it was a lot of late night drinking and just, you know, just drinking in tears and just thinking about them. So I made this memorial plaque and then when I woke up in the morning and I looked at it and it was sitting there, I just, I was like, yeah, I I just can't keep this. I think it's eating at me. So I donated it to his mother who I'd never met and, uh, you know, just basically uh, surprise delivered it to her. And um, she just had an amazing response to it and said it was helping her and that, you know, she was just glad that somebody was thinking about him as much as she was. And Mm -hmm. that really resonated with me and stuck with me. And was like, I was like, I was like, you know, if if he just passed away a few months ago, um, I'm like, imagine the feeling that a family whose hero passed away 10 years ago will feel knowing, you know, having somebody walk up to their door and present something saying, Hey, you know, we haven't forgotten. Mm. So that's why that, that right there has become such an, um, has just become such a crazy part of what we do. And, uh, that's what we started doing. Like, so we reach out for heroes that are, you know, who passed away. I mean, man, we've made plaques for people who passed away in Beirut. Mm. And, um, yeah, we've done everything, you know, Vietnam and everything. So it's just a great way to remind people that, Hey, you're not the only one that's still thinking of them or her. Like, and that right there puts so many minds at ease. Like you should see the, you should see the reaction on some of these faces when they're like, wow, somebody is still thinking of him, even though it's been 10 years or over a decade. Mm. Man, yeah. So, you, and you just you're, you're in my head because you just uh, kind of answered the the next couple of questions I had lined up was, you know, what does it do for the families and and you know how do you how do you find uh, how do you find the names of people to to uh, to honor? Sure. Yeah. So, how we get the the names um, is there's a spot on the bottom of our website and it's the uh, it's the plaque application. And what we prefer or the way we, the way it works a majority of the time is people will, people will go in there and submit the name and all the information of a fallen hero for another family. So, you know, like let's pretend that I didn't start TVP and um, I would go in there and go to TVP's website and put in a plaque for Corporal Dunstan to go to uh, his mother. And then once I submit that, if it gets approved, it comes back to me and it says, Hey man, like, yeah, you're the hero is approved. You know, what do you want to do? Do you want us to send it straight to his mom or can you handle the logistics of hand delivering it to her yourself? And of course we prefer the hand deliver part. There's some times where, you know, there's just nobody available to go deliver to the family. So it does get mailed directly to them. But a majority of the time it's, 
hey, if you submit a plaque application for a family, we would really prefer you to be able to hand deliver it and and make it a very special experience for them. And uh, that's what happens more often than not is every day we get, you know, tens of plaque applications coming in. We just go up the line as fast as we can. And then, um, and then we have plaques going out every day and being made every day. And that's how it works, man. So, and then of course what it does for the families, what it does for the families is huge because there's a lot of people, um, a lot of naive people, unfortunately, but there's a lot of people who will say like, you know, Oh, uh, you know, you do all this, you have this company. Well, what does a plaque do? And when you see a family break down in tears because they realize that they haven't been forgotten, like it's, it's an experience that's truly humbling. When someone, when someone, you see someone take a, a sigh of relief that, that they're not the only ones thinking of that fallen hero, because when somebody falls, you have so much support in the beginning, you know, right. when, when Corporal Dunstan died, you know, there was a ton of support, you know, Hey, what can we do for your family? Hey, what, you know, how can we help? Hey, is there a GoFundMe? But, you know, it's been, it's been years now. And of course it's not talked about as much as, you know, the first month that happened. So to go in there and go remind the family, like, Hey, by the way, we're still thinking of them and we're going to make sure that he lives on forever because that's our mission. It just, it just helps them sleep better. And they, they tell us time and time again, and they send us tons of thank you cards and thank you notes and man, like pages of just thank yous talking about, you know, how much that they appreciate it and that it's in the, that they'll look at it every night or, you know, that their kids will walk up and go touch the, go touch the plaque. And it's like, it's like that right there is the reason that like we can just keep pushing and we keep pushing harder and harder and harder because what we have is truly something special and and unique. It's unique. Nobody else is doing it. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I can only imagine like, you know, when, when you go on the website and I'll put a link to that in the show notes and, and click on, you know, click around and just see any of the pictures, but on, on a, about us, there's, there, there's a picture on the left-hand side. It's a young, uh, young kid looking down at a plaque of what I assume is maybe his dad or something like that. And it's like, uh, yeah, that's, um, Hercules, son, uh, the, his dad's name, last name was Hercules mm. and, uh, he had passed away. He'd been killed by small arms fire in Afghanistan. Uh, or at least he, he was KIA in Afghanistan, uh, while, um, he was being born. So mm. that plaque was delivered. Uh, I want to say he's like 10 or 11 years old there. So the plaque was delivered, you know, 10 years after he lost his dad. And, uh, this is really, I don't know. It's just good to see. Yeah, really no, is. it is. It's like I can't. Uh, every time I get on there and, and see that one, the 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 onion ninjas come out for just a second. It's like, dang, that that is a powerful picture. Uh, and uh, yeah. no, I mean, again, I love it, and I'm really hoping that that listeners here they go visit the site. Like I said, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have links to it. Uh, I'll have a link. I'll have a direct link to uh, to the plaque application on there in case anybody. Yep. listening uh has somebody that they would like to uh to see to see honored uh but i mean it, it is it's just so important to to just have that that visual uh, you know my grandfather who's a world war ii fit and he'd say a lot of stuff when i was young that uh didn't make sense until i got older but 
Uh, I remember one day we were uh, we were in my hometown, and and some local politician had put up like a little plaque in in their own uh, memorial, right, for something that they had done. They'd got some funding or something. They wanted to pat themselves on the back, and he looked at me and he said, "Son," he goes, <coughs> he goes, "Son, when I die," he goes. I'd rather have people asking why they didn't put a plaque up in my honor than asking why they did. And I was like, at the time it didn't hit, but I'm like, well, yeah, because, you know, if you, if you got the plaque there and people are asking why the heck did they waste their time, then you really didn't do anything with your life. But when people want you to be recognized and they want that visual attachment to somebody who's no longer there, then you know, you, you know that you've done something special. Now, Unfortunately, in, in the scenario we're talking about here, these, these men and women, they don't get a chance to really fully realize how special they were or they wouldn't be wouldn't have pulled the trigger. Uh, and I think that's the tragic part is, is yeah. all these folks are extremely special individuals. Yeah, they really are. And I mean, just everybody who served is just extremely important. And some people might think, you know, I'm being like, I'm irrational to think that I can honor everybody who's passed away. And realistically, yeah, I sure as hell don't think I am. I think every person here, if you served, then you are significant to the history of the United States and you're, you're, you're building the foundation for a better future. So anybody who passes, that's why we don't discriminate about, uh, you know, type of death. Like you don't have to be KIA. Or you don't have to be suicide. I right. mean, there's so many people out there who, who who have survived, you know, war, and to come home and be killed by a drunk driver. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's so much stuff. Like, and it was it was a real big part of when TVP started. Was uh, you know there was a lot of there wasn't a whole lot of self doubt like within me of like what I was doing, but there was a lot of people challenging you know, how I plan to do it and, you know, how big can that really get? And, you know, that's going to be really expensive. So how, how are you going to handle it? And at the end of the day, it was just like, I was like, I really don't know, but I'll figure it out. So, so far in the past week, um, we got something new that's coming out. That's going to be, I think it's going to be gigantic for TVP's mission. And I think it's going to make us grow probably 10 times over. So as of right now, you can't purchase a plaque. Um, we don't believe anybody should pay for a plaque in itself. Like, I don't think a family should be able to go on there and or a family shouldn't be able to go on there and say, like, well, nobody honored my hero, so I'm going to buy it for myself. I just think that's a wrong concept to have. Mm-hmm. And um, so the way that we're setting it up now is, you know, plaques cost. I mean, they can cost upwards of 250 275 dollars because of the whole kit we put together okay um and uh, for that's for us so yeah. what what we think or so what we came up with was the concept of sponsor the hero so you know of course uh plaques that go out is you know based off of on on sales and percentages but we wanted to create a system that was just um, not based off that. So what we're doing is if you submit a hero, it's not live yet, but it will be soon. When you submit a hero to our uh, plaque application, we will, we will put them up on the website where you can sponsor half if you want and we'll sponsor the other half. So 
um, if the plaque's going to cost us three hundred uh, $300 or something like that, we will, we will sponsor half. So you can sponsor $150. We'll cover the other half and then it'll go straight to the family. And mm-hmm. I think that right there is going to help us go crazy with it because once you sponsor a hero, you are now a legacy guardian and people love being a legacy guardian. You get a, the free t-shirt and you get legacy guardian swag and you get treated. Um, well, first off, everyone gets treated exceptionally at TVP, but you, you're held in our VIP section. And, um, you know, of course you get the better discounts and you just get so much more recognition for the impact you've made on TVP and you get exclusive newsletters and exclusive uh, content. So, um, but I think that having that sponsor the hero section on the website is truly going to be, you know, pinnacle to or imperative to getting as many plaques out as possible. Cause we can go from doing 20 plaques a month to 2000 mm. based off of, based off how many people want to give. And then there's no question, which is the big problem with uh, companies is, you know, of course, every time someone goes into a new company, they, they have to question whether they can trust them or not, or, you know, how much of my proceeds are going here. Right. And, you know, general concerns on what to have, you know, when it's percentage based, people want to go, well, how much is going in your pocket versus how much is going here. So this was our way of making it very cut and dry of, or like, you know, Hey, I bought this t-shirt. Did that help get a plaque into someone's hands? So this was our way of just saying, Hey, you know what? Like you can either buy our stuff and you can buy our t-shirts and we'll keep continue to work off the percentages and stuff. And, or if you just straight up want to buy it, like, you purchase that plaque, it will go out and it will go towards the family and you will see it delivered. So it's a very, uh, it's a very direct way for a consumer to see their impact. Like, and it's not like three people did it, uh, for the same hero. It's just one time. It's a one-time purchase. If I put Corporal Dunstan up there, uh, somebody can purchase that plaque and it'll, it will only be purchased once. There's no, it's it's not like three people purchase it and three plaques go out. It's just a one time, one time link. There's only one in stock, so you can directly know, or you can have the the peace of mind knowing, like, hey, I sponsored five plaques. Here are the five heroes that I solely contributed to getting the the plaque delivered, mm. and I think that's really important for people. Well, you you just blew my mind when you told me how much these plaques run and and. Uh, cause I'm going through this yeah. math and like, so again, uh, I, I know that the, the apparel is not kind of the primary, uh, business or mission here, but I'm, I'm, I'm even more impressed that you're able to provide the quality that you're providing for the, at the price you're providing it for and still having margin left over to make these plaques. That's, that's just, that's phenomenal. You may be like one of the best business guys on the planet to pull all that stuff off and still be able to employ as many people as you employ. Uh, so I appreciate yeah. it. We're growing, we're growing every day. Well, a big key to it is um, I currently don't pay myself. Uh, I had my injuries and all that other fun stuff. So I live off as little as I can so I can keep as, as much revenue in the company as possible. So, um, you know, we've grown exponentially and we're hitting, uh, you know, as you would say, probably like nine line levels. We're getting very known. 
I mean, recently we went to a funeral here in Jacksonville and we didn't see anything less than, you know, a dozen people wearing TVP gear. Mm. And, um, so we're, we're growing at, at, at an extensive rate, but I think a huge part of it is not, is not pulling, you know, not milking the company for, for its money or for its revenue. It's just keep everything in there and do whatever you have to do to make sure these plaques go out and that we can donate to mission 22. So my goal for this year, you know, so last year we did, we donated $0 to mission 22, but we got several hundred plaques out. Um, this year we're donating, we're, we're trying to donate over a hundred thousand dollars by the end of, uh, next month. So try to donate a hundred thousand dollars to mission 22 to help with that wind program and get out, you know, eat like three times more plaques than we did last year. Mm. And then hopefully next year it's just, it's the same thing. Cause we're hoping to donate a million dollars to mission 22. Well, that's outstanding. That's outstanding. Uh, man, no, that, that that's the goal. <laughs> no, that, that, that is just out <laughs> complete Marine mode here. That is out friggin' standing. I mean, that, that, that's some good stuff. Like I said, uh, uh, you know, I mean, and, and uh, again, my mind's blown because like I said, you're doing so much, uh, that, that just makes me love this company even more because uh, I, 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 I didn't realize that that was the extent of how much you were doing until hearing you say that. And, and it, that is impressive. I'm, I'm just going to say it again. I'm kind of gobsmacked here hearing, you know, because uh, I've talked to entrepreneurs and, and stuff before who, well, I don't have the money to do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. And here you are just trucking along and making it work uh, because that level of commitment that you have and I think this part of the, the podcast here, and yeah, we're going to start to wrap it up here in just a second, but that to me highlights that, that power that we talk a lot about, about having that, that, that mission to drive the reason the company exists versus having a company to drive a mission, if that makes sense. Uh, so, yeah, well, and I couldn't do it without the team. Seriously. I mean, yeah, for the past three years that we've operated the company, I've gotten very little sleep <laughs> and I haven't taken a day off. Neither has my wife. But that is what, you know, that's what we know is making it pay off. Right. You know, my wife and I will come in here like, you know, we'll be here until midnight while everyone else goes home at five. And then, you know, my team who helps me market and put up ads and create products, you know, they're, they're messaging me at 10 o'clock at night. Like, hey, man, what do you think of this? Like, there's so many people who just love what we do. And since it's not like a, since it's not like a huge, it, it's a business, of course. Don't get me wrong. You need mm-hmm. to make money to, to survive and to thrive and to do whatever you got to do. But that's like not what we focus on. We focus on impact first, you know, and then us second. Like I always tell everybody, I say, guys, I eat last. I'm like, I will always eat last. I'll feed the company. I'll feed the employees. I'll feed the mission. I'll feed mission 22. Whatever's left, I'll feed off the scraps. And so that always keeps me, that always keeps me motivated to grow the company more and more and more because it's just, and it keeps everybody else on the same page. Like they just want to feed the mission. It's not like, Hey, you know, how much profit did we make here? It's like, it's like, how many lives did you touch? Like by launching this product, like our do not give in t-shirt, which is one of my favorites. It's like, it's not, it's not, Hey, let's scale this. Let's scale this product out to see how much revenue we make. It's Hey, let's scale this product out to see how many thank you letters we get. 
yes. we get a we get a, a huge amount of thank you letters, like where people saying like, "Hey, you know, I was going to end my life, but I read the shirt somewhere. I don't even know who you guys are, but I read your shirt, and it really made me, you know, go into th- deep thought. And now I just want to reach out and say thank you. It's like that right there is just is just it. Like, there's nothing better than that. And if and if you make money in the process, heck yeah. Oh, well, so, I, it's I, it's all about impact. No, and I will tell you this, and how I know what you said is is the truth. Uh, this this past Veterans Day, uh, I just placed my my uh, first order a few well, about a month or two uh, before, and I decided to try uh, the the mystery shirt option, which I just love. So. They have a s- option on there. You can just order a mystery shirt. It's it's ten bucks, nine ninety five, and you just get a random shirt, and it could be any of their styles. Yep. And uh, I pulled the "Do Not Give In to the War Within" shirt, and when my friends and I went around on Veterans Day, that was the one I wore, and and I had a bunch of people come up and and pat me on the shoulder and and ask, you know, first say, you know, thanks for broadcasting that message where can i get one and so i sent them hey till valhalla yeah. project go get one uh yeah it's so, just mission you know it's yeah. it that's it's that's the objective that's the that's the whole thing is sending the message to people versus and like i'm not gonna trash any competitors it's just like that that's what separates us from the rest is is mission and and actually having a message to relate to people whether that's Never forget our heroes. Don't give in. You know, the, the best of your life is still ahead of you. It's more motivational and just message-driven company. You know, honor their sacrifice. Do this stuff so that we can have a better future together. And, like, that's the objective. So, but I really appreciate you uh, bringing me on here and just let me talk about the mission and all that. Like, there's not been a whole lot of podcasts that I've been able to hop on lately because of how crazy things have been. We're already outgrowing our fourth shop this year. So. Oh, no, I just appreciate you being on and, and, and taking the time. And, uh, no, I love it. And, and, you know, again, uh, you know, wrapping up here, you know, listeners, Corey Schaffer, Till Valhalla project, uh, you know, he's doing great things. He's got a great mission, got a great organization. I want to have all of the, uh, I'm going to have all of the links to help support this group on uh, the show notes. Be sure you get with them on social media, all the things they're doing. Uh, if you're going to spend money on T-shirts for the holidays, I'm going to go ahead and say spend them on uh, Tova Hala Project. Of course, this won't air until after the holidays are over. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> every day is a holiday. Uh, so, Corey, as we look Next to wrap, holiday. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Corey, as we look to wrap up here, is there anything that you would like to uh, to discuss that we haven't hit on? No, I, I want to say we covered everything. Um, if you just want to branch everything up in a nutshell, it's, you know, it's talking about giving veterans value again, which is why we employ vets, preserving the, the legacies of our fallen heroes so that they can live on and they can outlive us, and just overall creating a positive impact that's just revolved around Know, making people feel good and, and and just honor and just having honor in general for those who've come before us. Well, no, I love it. I love it. So, all right, listeners, there it is. 
you know, really appreciate you coming back for season two. I wanted to really come out of the gate swinging with a with a strong first podcast, and I really believe that uh, Corey was the perfect perfect selection for that. So again, thank you for your time and and joining us today. All right, man, I appreciate it. And for the listeners, if you want to get out there and you want to support this project, and I really believe that you should, I don't endorse anything except for maybe a book here and there on this podcast. Uh, but but get on there, get on those links. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns for me, you can hit me up at burden.command at gmail.com. Uh, find us on social media. I'm Earl underscore Breon on just about everything. Uh, on Facebook, just look for Leadership Phalanx, P-H-A-L-A-N-X. Uh, join that page there, and we'll get a lot of the podcast stuff up there. I appreciate you joining us. Keep those shields up, and I'll talk with you again in the next episode. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Electric Cast. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An Electric Cast production. See you there. Electric Cast.